Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Surely You Can't Be Serious podcast. I don't know what music Jason's going to put for the introduction, but I hope it involves... I've got to play something really crazy 70s because we're diving back to the 70s today. Yeah, so guys, normally we do the 80s and 90s, and normally we do albums and movies, but we are doing something different today, but still heavy on the Gen X. We are bringing you today the first part of a three-part series where we are giving our top five TV themes. Top five TV themes from 1975 to 1979, right? Yes, that's episode one. Episode two will be 1980 to 1984. Four, and episode three will be 1985 to 1989, the time period that all us Gen X freaks were watching TV nonstop. I know, I'm excited to do this because this is back at a time when TV was sort of much more important in people's lives. Guys, if you are feeling the stresses of life right now, you know, there's always seems like something else coming onto your plate and it's just bearing down upon you. Spend just the next few minutes with us to forget about that, travel back in time to when you were a kid and the biggest worry was what breakfast cereal you were going to eat when you watched your Saturday morning cartoons. Just pretend like you're lying on the floor, you got your chin on your hands, and your dad tells you to go turn the knob to change the channel. Yeah. That's what we're talking about. When you were the remote control. That's exactly right. (laughs) Okay, so in this first part of the series, we got to kind of set some ground rules for our choices, right? Right, right, right. So if you've heard some of our other top five episodes, we had the top five songs of 1983 earlier this season. Yep. We had the top songs of 1988. Yeah. We've also had top Super Bowl performances as well, but we always establish a few ground rules. And one of the ground rules is it needs to kind of fit in the time period that we're talking about, but it doesn't have to be exclusively in that time period. Right. It's tricky. Yeah. Yeah, we may have some songs that maybe were before 75, but spilled on over into 75 through 79. We may have some songs that kind of go past 79. You just, you don't know what it's going to be. But as long as it kind of feels right, that's where we're we're placing things. So conceivably, with some of the longer series, say Magnum P.I., for example, that went from 80 to 88, that could be in my episode two, and it could be in your episode three. We just don't know at this point. Right. With that said, things like Scooby-Doo and Gilligan's Island stuff we watched after school in the 70s and 80s, those are out because they're exclusively 60s. Yeah, there was a lot of Nick at Night stuff where we were picking up Brady Bunch and other themes like that, but we're talking about stuff that is new episodes in the time period that we're talking about. Exactly. Now then, the other rule that we have established is that it has to be written for the television show. And that is a big one. That was a booming sweep once we realized what we had done to ourselves because that excluded Golden Girls. Yeah. That excluded Married with Children. Right. That excluded the Wonder Years. Yeah. And then you point it out to me. It excludes Bosom Buddies. Which is tragic because that was one of my favorite TV things. Me too. I was looking through that. I was like, Ooh, that one's out. Yeah, so all of these songs were specifically written for the series that they were the theme of. They were not some sort of rehash, reboot thing. Yeah, exactly. Jason, the 70s for you was a little different than the 70s for me, right? Right, I I think of the 70s, and I'm like, we're talking about the time period from my birth to the time that I was four. So that's a pretty tight window of knowledge for me. Right, right. But I, I do remember a lot of these songs. The other things that I can remember from the 70s is my big wheel. Yeah, I do. I felt like I had a green machine, but yeah. Absolute boss riding that thing out in the neighborhood street for the first time. Love it. I'll tell you what I did in the 70s. Yeah. My big thing was Star Wars guys. Yeah. 
I played with those things till my hands fell off. Star Wars guys and Light Bright and Legos. So, guys, think about the time on your big wheel. Think about the time with your Star Wars Kenner action figures. As we go back in history to the 1970s, we flip on the TV. And, Jason, what is your number five pick for the top five? Five. So my number five yeah. song from the 70s. Oh, we're going to do this sort of quiz fashion too, right? right? Yeah, you're going to give me a little hint. I'm going to try to guess. Okay. See, this is tricky because there's not a lot, you know, here. But Okay. Okay, so this show ran from 1974 to 1984. Okay. And it established what was cool in the 70s. Okay. And by that, I mean punching a jukebox to make it start playing was cool. Sunday, Monday, happy days. Sunday, Monday, happy days. Tuesday, Wednesday, happy days. Thursday, Friday, happy days. The weekend comes, my cycle hums. I love it. Great, great answer. Uh, great number five. So tell me what you've got on Happy Days. So the yep. first two seasons of Happy Days was actually Rock Around the Clock by Bill Haley and the Comets. Yeah, which technically would violate our rules, but by season three, they came up with their own song. They did. So they, ha- they came up with a song called Happy Days, written by Charles Fox and Norman Gimbel. Okay? Now, these are the same guys who wrote <laughs> Killing Me Softly by Roberta Flack. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I've got them coming up in a, in a later mention, but you keep on going. Okay. So the the singers on this is called the Ron Hicklin Singers, and they actually back up the girl who sings the Little Vernon Shirley song, which we may talk about here in a few minutes. Cindy Greco. Cindy Greco. But if you pay close attention in the credits for Happy Days, the little 45 record comes up, starts playing, and you can read all of this information right there for you to see on the record. Nice. Great. Number five. Happy Days. Great one. And that one created by Gary Marshall. Yes. And I got another story coming up here in a little while that'll throw back to one of our more recent episodes, but we'll come to that one in a minute. Are you? Very good. Yeah. Okay. All right. So for my number five, I I realize that I'm making this extremely difficult, but I don't think there's any way for me to do it otherwise. Okay. That's fine. Okay. So the composer... No, I can't do it though. <laughs> no, uh, no. Okay. Okay. This theme music played as you were driving behind cars on the California highway. It is so incredibly definitive 70s gold that you would probably not be surprised to find it in a porn movie. <laughs> <laughs> this has to be the theme song for Chips. You've got it. Chips ran from 1977 to 1983. We had Eric Estrada and Larry Wilcox as yeah. Ponch and John. Ponch and John, man, those guys were studs back Arthur in the day. Poncherelli? No, okay. <laughs> So that show was created by a guy named Rick Rosner. He gets credit for the movie that came out in 2017. Not that anybody would take credit for that movie. Right. Now, the guy that wrote the theme music for this TV show is a guy I don't really have any information on. His name is John Carl Parker. He was only involved with the series from 77 to 78. But we have talked about the music in this before, and I'm wondering if you're going to remember this. So the guy who kind of took over his spot when John Parker, the composer, left... The guy who 
composed the music for the bulk of the episode we've talked about in one of our earliest episodes. Okay. Okay. He started out as a rock musician. He did this work with Chips, and then he started doing movie music. And he was trying to establish himself with a Spielberg production. He was get, It was getting a little bit iffy, but this remember that Chips ended in 83. In 84, he did the theme music yes. for a movie called Romancing the Stone. Yes. You got it? It's Alan Silvestri. That's exactly right. So even though Alan Silvestri did not compose the theme music to this, he did do the music for the bulk of the episode. Shut up. There you go. That's fantastic. Alan Silvestri, of course, did the theme music for Back to the Future. Many of the Marvel a billion movies. Other things. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he's yeah, Ready Player One. Fantastic. Yeah. All right. So it's back to me. Back to you. Four. All right. So my number four is a theme song that was associated with a television show that ran from 1977 to 1984. I still watch this show. I still think it's hilarious. This TV show was based on a British show called Man About the House. Ooh. All right. That's not what I thought you were going to say. Ooh. Okay. Keep going. All right. Allow me. Lonnie Anderson, before WKRP, okay. auditioned for a main role in this TV show okay. and didn't get it because she was, quote unquote, too beautiful. Okay, I kind of remember this. Keep going. Now then, Joanna Kearns auditioned for the main role. Yeah. She didn't get it either. She got growing pains later. Yes. But I'll tell you who did get it. Suzanne Summers. This has to be Three's Company. Come and knock on our door. 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 Yes, absolutely. The music for this was written by Joe Raposo. He also wrote the theme for Sesame Street. That's a big one. He also wrote C is for Cookie. <laughs> That's a great one. <laughs> yes. Okay. This was sung by Julia Rinker Miller and Ray Charles. No, not that Ray Charles. The oh. other Ray Charles. Okay. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> Did you see the episode where there was some kind of misunderstanding based <laughs> upon an overheard conversation and Jack fell down a lot? <laughs> and they thought Jack was sleeping with that other girl. <laughs> and Jack fell down a lot. That's hilarious. I loved Three's Company as a kid. I honestly, they were they were definitely in the running for me, but I knew you'd put them on your list, so I just went <laughs> ahead and left it. Okay, so we're back to me, number yep, four. number four. My number four is a spinoff of a series. Okay, all right. The series that it's a spinoff of also had a very memorable introduction song that was actually sung by the two main characters in the TV series as they sat at a piano. Okay, so the two main characters that sung the song and sat at a piano, that has to be Archie Bunker. Archie yeah. and Edith Bunker, okay? Yes, the name of the series was All in the Family. Yep. He had a neighbor that he absolutely couldn't stand because he was this racist. His neighbor was named George Jefferson. Well, we're moving on. So, moving on up. Moving on up. That's number four for me. That Jefferson's ran from 1975 to 1985. Created by Don Nickel. 
who did All in the Family and Three's Company. Okay. And developed by Norman Lear, who's, I mean, I ran into, if you were playing a drinking game with the research I did on this, Norman Lear would be one of those names. Uh-huh. The guy who came up with the theme song, born Joel Adelberg, but changed his name to Jeff Barry. Good choice. I yeah. think. He did a lot of work with a guy that we've talked about before named Phil Spector. Crazy Phil, steal your shoes, Spector. Yeah. Work that he did with him included the song Do Wa Diddy Diddy. Uh-huh. Jeff Berry, uh, with other writers, wrote the song Leader of the Pack. Yes, <laughs> yes. Also wrote a song that we talked about in our Hysteria episode that was sung by the Archies. Sugar Sugar. You got it. Sugar. And he wrote this song, Moving On Up, with the singer of the song, Janet Dubois. Now, here's, when we were looking into it, I was like, shut the front door a little bit earlier. Yeah. I asked you if you had watched the TV series Good Times. Yes. Dynamite. Kid Dynamite. You got it. And Janet Jackson. So Janet Dubois, the one who sings Moving On Up, she played the part of Willona Woods, that neighborhood gossip that was always over stirring the pot. That was her. She was the actress that played that part, and she was the one that sang Moving On Up. She's got a great voice. Yeah. That surprises me. Okay, yeah. that's good. I like that. That's there a good nugget. Go. Yeah. Okay, so we're back to me? Back to you. We're My looking number, for number three? three. Yeah. Three. Okay, so this show ran from 1976 to 1983. It, too, was a spinoff. The singer for this song yes. was discovered... At Six Flags Magic Mountain. Okay. Do you know it? Well, if it relates to a song that you've already mentioned, then yes, I know it. Does it? It does. Okay. This is also my number three. All right, great. This is the song, depending on whether we're talking about the album or the series. If we're talking about the TV series, the song is called We're Gonna Make It. If we're talking about the album, the song is Making Our Dreams Come True. Okay, that's interesting, because I, to me... It's making our dreams come true. Yes. So they, when they put it on the show, they called it We're Gonna Make It. But yes, Schlemiel, Schlemazel, <laughs> Hoss and Pep Incorporated. <laughs> This is the theme song from Laverne and Shirley. Yes, which we talked about on our previous episode on Big. Penny Marshall was the director of that, and of course she had gotten her big break when she and Cindy Williams played double dates of the Fonz and Richie. Yes. And the crowd loved them so much they decided to give them their own show. This was that show, and a key ingredient was this awesome introduction. Oh, yeah, it's fantastic. So I've got a story for you on this. Yeah, go ahead. Gary Marshall talks about how he came up with the idea for Laverne and Shirley. Okay. So he came back from Korea and he was on a date and he was at a restaurant and the girl he was with got crossed with another girl in the restaurant, somebody they didn't know. The other girl said something rude to his date and his date said, Gary, would you mind holding my coat for me, please? (laughs) And then a fist fight broke out between his date and the other girl. That's fantastic. He's like, I couldn't believe that two girls got in a fist fight at a restaurant. That is fantastic. And he goes, so that sort of spawned the idea of these sort of two blue-collar, rough-and-tough girls. Girls who work in a brewery. Yep. I threw this idea out to my brother. Throw, you know, hey, what? don't think, just say. Top, yeah. top 80s 
theme songs, right? Yeah. This one came up and he's like, I remember that mom and I used to always sing this. And I was like, it's the only Yiddish I know. <laughs> what does that mean? I have no idea. Okay. I got one more nugget for <laughs> okay. you on this song. So you talked about how the guys who wrote this song are Charles Fox and Norman Gimbel. Yes. Real quick, you mentioned that they both wrote Killing Me Softly, fantastic song. Right. Charles Fox also wrote the theme for The Love Boat, another big 70s the hit. The Love Boat. Yes. And, with this one, yeah. the original Monday Night Football theme. Really? Yeah. Fantastic. There you go. Okay. They also wrote yeah. of the Barry Manilow song, Ready to Take a Chance Again. Which was the theme for the movie Foul Play. Oh, with uh, Chevy Chase, Chevy and Chase and Goldie, Goldie Hawn. Hawn. Yeah. Which I'm getting ready to go on the A Film By podcast and talk about. Guys, be sure and go over to the A Film By podcast. Check out Jeff and Brad and some of their co-hosts as they cover movies that are all awesome, but it's like the lesser known movies of the directors we all know. So Jason, you're going to be talking about Foul Play with them? I am. I think it's going to be the last episode of the year, uh-huh. so it's down the road a bit, but Foul Play, great movie. Can't wait to talk about that. Sounds awesome. So we mentioned before, this song was sung by Cindy Greco. This is her only charting song, but right. it, it reached number 25 on the Hot 100. Yeah, Charles Fox was at Six Flags and heard her singing. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. You never know. Yep. All right. Okay, so that covers both of our number three. Shall I go to my number two, or are you going to go to your number two? Uh, whatever you want to do. Go for it. Okay. I will go to my number two. Okay. Two. And I will tell you that the composer of this song was the key to the best-selling album of all time that we talked about in our very first episode. Okay, so the best-selling album of all time, I'm guessing you're going to say that's Thriller. Yes. And he's the composer of Thriller? He was a key ingredient in Thriller. Quincy Jones. Correct. Okay. I got nothing. What are we talking about here? Okay, so I'm going to blow your mind because I didn't know that this was by him as well. So in the late 60s, early 70s, he was still living in England. Just had a baby over there, was trying to get back. Rashida? Might have been. Might have been. Okay. Yeah, could have been. Okay. And he, while in England, fell in love with his very popular TV show called Steptoe and Son. Steptoe and Son? Yeah. Okay. And so he actually looked into getting the rights to do this show in the States, but somebody else already had it. They end up calling him back and saying, hey, would you write the theme music for us? Okay. I love I love the anticipation. I'm just going to keep on going and give you. I have a lay guess. Lay that there. All right. I have a guess. All right. Keep well, going. Keep going. Fill, so, fill me up. So he's he's like, okay. Well, tell me who you've got playing these parts. And the producer Aaron Rubin says it's a Red Fox. <laughs> and Quincy Jones like you can't put him on TV. <laughs> He's like, there isn't a word that he says that's allowed to be said on TV. He's like, I used to work with that guy. We used to run the same circuit together. You can't put Red Fox on public television. No, sir. Sure enough, they did. But they said, do you want to see the first episode before you compose the theme song? And he said, no, I know exactly what it needs to sound like because I know what Red Fox sounds like. Yeah. Which is where you get. That's Sanford and Son.
So listen to this song. I can't help but think of Dr. Teeth and Electric Mayhem. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Very good. Sanford and Son, 1972 to 1977. The theme written by Quincy Jones is called The Backstreeter. The story was based on an English series named Steptoe and Son, created by Aaron Rubin and Norman Lear again develops the show. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. That's fantastic. Okay, so we're on to my number two. On to your number two. All right. Go ahead. Okay, so this show ran from 1976 to 1981. Yes. And frankly, I'm astonished that we haven't come across it with you yet, and maybe we still will. So this song played at the beginning of every episode and the end of every episode. Okay. And always had a different stinger with a character at the end before the show started. I got nothing. You're going to have to keep going. All right. Okay. So imagine with me arches. Okay. And then we back up and there's more arches. And then we back up and there's more arches. And everybody is singing this song. You got Zoot on the sax. You got Rolf on the piano. This is The Muppet Show. It's time to play the music. It's time to dress up right. Great song. And you've got Gonzo, who at the end of every song does something funny with his horn and bubbles come out or a chicken falls off the stage (laughs) or something happens. Yes. Great show. Love the show. Yeah, fantastic show. Good call. I didn't, it didn't make my radar. I actually thought about it. But it didn't, it didn't get dipped in. So, great. Great pick for number one. I actually checked this show out from the library, showed it to my kids. Mm-hmm. They fell in love with Alice Cooper because of this show. They, You know, the Muppets are singing Welcome to My Nightmare. <laughs> they were singing Welcome to My Nightmare. Yes. And my kids just thought Alice Cooper was the funniest. Okay. All right. So, that's that means we're to me. That completes my number two. Okay. So I've done my number two. You've Thank done your number two. We're on to honorable mentions. Yes, we are. I can tell you my honorable mentions, they've both been discussed. My honorable, oh, okay. my honorable mentions were Happy Days and Three's Company. So you tell me, what have you got? Honorable All right. Mentions? So one of my honorable mentions is Chips. Nice. Okay, good. California Highway Patrol with the porno music in the background. <laughs> yeah. Ponch and John. Great, great song. Loved it. Yeah. Okay. All right, my other honorable mention. This is a TV show based on a movie. Oh, okay. The movie is called Moon Runners from 1975. The movie is called Moon Runners. That's right. That's I right. Got nothing. Okay. Oh, oh, wait. As in like Moonshine Runners? Maybe. Is that it? That's it. Okay. I may come back and discuss that particular song with you in a future episode, but you've got to be talking about Dukes of Hazard. Just a good old boy, never meaning no harm. Yes, absolutely. I'm talking about the Dukes of Hazard, which ran from 1979 to 1985, with a little break in the middle with Vance and Coy. <laughs> Remember when uh, the scabs. Bo and Duke, <laughs> Bo and Luke got kicked out for yeah. a few episodes, and then Vance and Coy came in. That didn't work. But the song is called Good Old Boys. It's based on a movie called Moonrunners. Waylon Jennings actually narrated that movie 
And so they invited him back to narrate the Dukes of Hazard, as well as sing the theme song. Absolutely, love absolutely. It. Yeah, so, and and th- I love that it starts off with the guitar. Right, that's the first thing. How many times do you give so much credit to the theme music that you actually show the guy playing his guitar before you do scenes from the TV Great show? Great point. Right. Great point. Yeah. This was released as a single in August of 1980, reached number one on the country hit chart. In November 1980, I'm including it in the 70s, but it was very, very easy to put it on the 80s as well. For sure. So be sure and tune into our future episodes. Maybe we got more tidbits for you coming up. All right. Okay. All right. So now we're on to my number one. Yes. And your number one. And my number one. Okay. You go first. Okay. All All right. One. So this comes from a television show that ran from 1974 to 1980. Okay. Starring an actor with local ties to you and I. In fact, there's a statue of him Mm -hmm. in downtown Norman, Oklahoma. I know exactly what it is. This is great because in our future episode, I'm going to be talking about the composer of that particular song. He is, again, if you're playing a drinking game, his name is a name that you will need to remember. But I'm not going to step on your stories here. I'm just going to tell you, you're talking about James Garner and the Rockford Files. Okay, so you alluded to it, but this is composed by Mike Post and Pete Carpenter. Mm Mm-hmm. Mike Post is going to pop up left and right in our next episode, probably, For I'm sure. guessing. There's no question. When they sat down with him to talk about the Rockford Files, yep. he said, okay, tell me about the main character. Uh-huh. I said, all right, here's the deal. He's casual. He's laid back. He's Oklahoman. And they said, whenever there's a fight, he tries to avoid getting in a fight. Uh-huh. He's like, okay, I got it. Yeah. Harmonica. <laughs> They're like, yes. So he built this theme from that laid-back Oklahoma feel that James Garner has. It's fantastic. I love it. By the way, this was released as a single in August of 1975. Made it to number 10 on the Hot 100. So this one was his breakout hit. Okay. He had, at 23 years old... Well, wow. first, let me just... Let me let me back up just a little bit. So Mike Post is a you know musical genius. Yes. And just this laid-back... I mean, he looks like a mechanic. He's like a normal guy. I can't, I can't yeah. tell you how many interviews I watched with him on the stuff that he's done. But anyway, after touring for a while with various acts that became pretty popular, he got a studio job, and he wanted to just you know get paid and play music. And so he started playing with this group of folks that some people refer to as the Wrecking Crew. No way. Yes. So we've mentioned the Wrecking Crew probably multiple times at this point, but they are the band behind all of the bands. And if you just to sum it up, they're the band that Brian Wilson went to when he composed his masterpiece, Pet Sounds. And there's a documentary out there on him. But he's 19 years old, thrown in with these guys, and he's just like in awe. He knows how good they are. And he manages to impress them and becomes a part of their group. It's fantastic. He goes on, he does an arrangement for Classical Gas, which gets him his first Grammy at 23. And then that Rockford Files becomes a top 10 hit and gets him his second Grammy. <laughs> Listen to this. I'm going gotcha. to blow your socks off with this. Keep going. So he produces a couple albums that you've heard of. 
Yeah. He produces the Dolly Parton album that includes 9 to 5. Which we will be talking about in our future episode, 9 to 5 versus Mr. Mom. Well, I can't wait to talk about that. Yep. He also produced Van Halen 3. I know, right? The, the one with Gary Sharon. The poor Gary Sharon. But hey, honestly, that's not a bad album at all. Fantastic. Makes me want to go listen to it. He also, back even before he produced Dolly Parton, he produced Kenny Rogers and First Edition, throwback to our Big Lebowski episode. Huh. Wow. Just walked in to see what condition my condition was in, baby. <laughs> this Rockford Files theme song for 40 years was the walkout music for the British football team, the Tranmer Rovers. That's, uh, that's awesome. 40 that's years. That's awesome. Okay. All Remember right. that name, Mike Post. It's coming up later, all right? Okay. Now. Ready for your number one. Okay. Lay it on me. I can't believe it hasn't come up yet. Okay, okay, okay. So the composer on this particular song is a guy that we've talked about briefly before. Okay. The story that I talked about before was when this composer sat down with a guy and smoked a joint with him on a hill. And that guy was like, man, I really dig your music. I love your name. And so he gave his name as the first name and the middle name for his son, who would go on to blow our freaking minds with his ability to sing hard rock in a voice that was anything but hard rock. It was so beautiful. Sounds very much like a classical composer. Golly, dude. Uh, I got nothing. I don't know. I have no clue. Okay. The name of the composer for the song that is in my number one spot is a guy named... John Sebastian. John Sebastian. Yes, Sebastian Bach. Okay. You got it. So the story was that John Seb- that Sebastian Bach's dad got high Golly, with John yes. Sebastian. Yes. Oh, it's all, okay. That's been like three years ago we talked about <laughs> yeah. that. So his dad was a huge fan of Love and Spoonful, right? Uh, yes. John Sebastian was the lead guy for Love and Spoonful. He had started off just, you know, playing regular clubs as kind of a solo act. And then he gets invited to do this little concert. He's standing next to the guys who started the... who ran the concert when the news comes over to him they're like hey they they broke down the gate in the third quadrant and the two guys go talk for a second and they go well i guess woodstock is going to be a free concert now so he was at woodstock as a virtual unknown and goes on to form love and spoonful okay and then a series comes along that is created by a guy named gabe kaplan and alan sachs (laughs) and alan sachs says i really want the theme music for this to be like a love and spoonful song Okay, got it. And so they send John Sebastian the script. Say, hey, can you write a song for this? And so he reads the whole script, and he's like, okay, I I, I think I've got some ideas, but, like, what's the name of this show? You know what it is? It's Welcome Back, Cotter. Welcome back. Perfect. But at the time that he got the script, the only name they had for it was Cotter. Okay. And John Sebastian was like, guys, are you serious? You want me to write a song about Cotter? What is a rhyme for that? Otter? What am I going to do with this? Right, right. And he, he goes, do I have to use that name? And they were like, no, I guess, you know, do what you want to do. 
And so he felt like the whole idea on that pilot episode was Mr. Cotter is coming back to his old high school to teach. And he's having to kind of teach the kids that were he was once like when he was that age. And so it was a welcome back feeling that he got. That's how he got the title of the song. Which then, of course, became the title of the series. Oh, I love it. I love it. I can't believe I overlooked that one. That's a great number one. Thanks, man. And it's a fantastic song, and it was a great TV show. Yeah. I imagine that we'll talk about this a little bit when we talk about Grease in the fall. Yeah, because it was the breakout for Mr. John Travolta, movie star extraordinaire of the late 70s and early 80s. That's right. All right, so that's our top five TV theme songs of 1975 to 1979. We want to make that distinction. We would love to hear what you think we missed and what's your top five. Yeah, don't forget, rules are it has to be a song made for the series. That's right. Other than that, give us what you got. Absolutely. Thank you so much for supporting us. We look forward to seeing you next week. Bye, guys. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.